Blog Talk Radio. The following is a disclaimer. The views and opinions expressed on this show are those of the host, guest, and callers, and are not necessarily those of the Roman Show Network, its management, or other advertisers. Hello, folks, and welcome to another great edition of Wrestle City Radio. I am here. I'm your host, George Alonso, and what a show we have here for you today, especially now that we're back from talking about, you know, from Payback, which was uh, a pretty successful pay-per-view. It, a lot, there was not too many matches on that show that really caught your eye, but it really, really delivered, uh, which we will be talking about later in this program. But before we do start talking about Payback and Monday Night Raw, let's go ahead and introduce my sister from another mister. Uh, I, but I want to disown her. Because I just found out that she was never an NWO fan. I'm talking about Xtina. How are you, Xtina? I'm good until you made that on TV. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, it's not my fault. All of our listeners are too sweet. Okay, so too sweet. Wolfpack. Anyway, but uh, yeah, no, like, uh, and also speaking. Of fans and all that stuff. Yes, we're professional. We're we're journalists here on this show, but we're also fans because this is again wrestling radio for the fans by the fans. But one thing I have to say is you and Randy Orton, young lady. <laughs> Well, apparently we can't, uh, the, the audience can't hear you, so let's see if we can fix this. Uh, I apologize. Uh, let me know when you hear her. Apparently it's picking up the audio. Uh, that, that, sorry, folks, we're having small technical difficulties. Maybe it's an issue here, but uh, try this again, Christina. All right. So, yeah. Basically, well, it seems to be working on my end over here. Like as far as uh, apparently it's a little better. Let's let's go ahead and pick up right. the, this here Try a little bit, again. and let's pick that up a little bit. Yeah. So, so that guys, again, I apologize. Technical difficulties. It, it happens in whenever we're going live. So please, uh, let's try this one more time. Audio check. Christina? Check, check, check. All right. It it seems to me like I'm still living in the gimmick of reality check because this is some real radio here, folks. But but anyway, you with Randy Orton, what were you saying? Okay, I I don't get it. I really don't understand it uh, at this point. Right. Concern, uh, you know. Let me let me just say for the record, okay? okay. When it comes to Randy Orton, uh-huh. he lost. That's fine. He lost last night because of things out of his control. Okay. <laughs> Stop making up excuses for the man. 
The the fact is is that he lost last night at WWE Payback, and on top of that, he lost in the House of Horrors, and also we saw the return, uh, you know, the the uh, the outside interference of Jinder Mahal and the Singh brothers, which actually was pretty interesting to say the least to see Jinder Mahal and the Singh brothers interfere in another, you know, brands pay-per-view, which I, which I found very cool. Like, we, I haven't seen a interference like that since the whole, like, Brock Lesnar fiasco and, and so on and so forth when they were having the Raw versus SmackDown. So I'm glad that something like that took part just to build the story up a little bit more. So I, I really feel like they're doing good with Jinder Mahal. I think so, too. Uh, you know, the fact that they had him on SmackDown take the title... And honestly, it was unexpected to me when he came out and interfered in the match. I totally forgot he still had the title with him. So when he came back and kind of threw it literally in Ray's face, I thought that was honestly the best part of the whole match. <laughs> well, to, here, here's the thing as far as that's concerned. Uh, I, I feel like, like Jinder Mahal is being built to be like that ultimate good heel on the SmackDown brand, which right now the, you know, SmackDown needs because they're low on heels. Uh, You know, but the thing is, is that I feel like Jinder Mahal has always been a main event player. Just because the guy knows how to talk, he knows how to work. He's a excellent wrestler. The, you know, same, the list goes on and on. So I have no, nothing bad to say about Jinder Mahal. Now, as far as the, the, the House of Horrors match is concerned now, that's a different story. Because the, the House of Horrors, I was expecting a little bit more, more of a push. Like, I'm not saying I was 100% disappointed. I just expected more. And basically, in, in my case, I feel like they could have done better. I feel like the, the match in the house could have gone better. It could have been a little bit more scarier because the most we got was dolls hanging from the ceiling and spider webs. Right. So, at, it, it like, the, at, at the thing about it is, is that when you had Bray Wyatt cutting all these promos about, oh, welcome to hell, and, and this is going to be my horror, and da, 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 you're expecting, hey, what the hell are we going to see? Are we going to see something crazy like some something out of this world. But we didn't get really too much, I feel. I felt like we didn't get anything at all. I didn't, honestly, I didn't expect it to, you know, be, you know, a pre-recorded video for the fans to watch. I thought it was literally going to start, you know, something backstage and, you know, random little, the lights are going to go out and then the next thing you see, there's something on top of Brandy or there's real worms or, I really thought that's how it was going to go. But to have, like, the pre-recorded video of them wrestling in the house, which I was totally disappointed in, and then when they actually did come, they did put on as best of a show in the ring as I expected. So I was very, very disappointed with that match. And uh, talking about disappointment, let's turn it around with something, like, positive. Uh, as a matter of fact, our partner, Mr. Chad Mines from the SWF, just put out a status saying that two random orders from today to the end of SmackDown tomorrow night will win a free meet and greet 
with Alberto El Patron and Pentagon El Cero Miedo at Roll the Dice on June the 10th, where you can purchase your tickets at www.swfpro.com. Now, that is one amazing little package. Oh, yes, that is. I think you should be going for that right now. I agree. And as a matter of fact, I just see on the poster uh, that one of the members on that poster is our special guest this evening. And I'm talking about no other than LWO, if you're wondering what that means, is Latino World Order. And also the evil mass luchador, uh, John Cruz, otherwise known as Serpentico. Let me tell you something. When, when I see that man under his mask, it's like he's a nice guy, John Cruz. But he has that second personality of Serpentico, and I, I just don't like dealing with that guy. That guy is scary looking. And, and I'm terrified. Very intimidating, but, you know, without it, he seems like a very genuine awesome guy. Well, yeah, he's a very genuine guy, very humble, very down-to-earth, will joke like the best of them. But when he turns on that Serpentico, you know, attitude of his, is all those jokes go out the window. So, but yes, John Cruz will be here a little later on the program. And of course, a little bit later on as well, we are going to have Mr. Steve Mesa with the Indie Cut uh, later on here on the show. Steve Mesa from the Curtain Jerkers. Mind you, that guy made headways last week on the Indie Cut. He, we both couldn't stop laughing. Um, so, yeah, that, that is, I, like some things that he was saying, I even took me for for a surprise. I was like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> uh, I when who? But yes, Steve Mesa will be here a little later on on Russell City Radio with the indie cut where he'll be talking about Ronin, and of course, apparently, he'll be talking about Michael Kingston's uh, fundraiser going, coming up for the Headlocks comic books. So, guys, stay tuned for that. But going back to, uh, to payback, now one thing I did was extremely surprised with, Extina, and this still is a surprise to me to this moment, is that Alexa Bliss is our new Raw Women's Champion. And on top of that, it happened in Bailey's hometown. I'm still surprised about it. Now, mind you, it was a fantastic match. You know, and, and credit goes to those awesome, awesome women, but it's something you did not expect, and I love it because it gives the fans, it gives that fans to say, hey, fans, yes, you're smart, but guess what? You can't predict winners anymore. No, no <laughs> So it's like it came off really, really, you know, <laughs> I, I don't know what to tell you, but... But basically, but basically, yeah, I, I, I feel like it was great. Yeah, I, it was a great match watching it. And, you, you know, having the kick out happen often when uh, Bailey hit, a, you know, the elbow. I was like, all right, Bailey won. But no, Alexa looks kicked out of that. And the way it finished, you know, it, it was a surprise. But I think it, it was a good way for them to go, to have the heel win. You know, Alexa Bliss has this push going on right now because she honestly deserves it. I think she's, she's proved herself to be a top heel. And since Charlotte is gone, someone has to take that spot. And I think Alexa Bliss is doing a great job. And to be the first to hold the SmackDown and the Raw Women's Championship, that, that, that's impressive. I really thought it would be Charlotte, but 
Well, yeah, it definitely is keeping us on our toes. Um, I, I also have to say, like, uh, another thing that caught me off guard was Sheamus and Cesaro turning heel on the Hardys. Now, mind you, the, the, uh, I, I know a lot of people are, are doing memes nowadays of, of Jeff Hardy uh, breaking his tooth during the match uh, and blaming Sheamus for that, for that stiff kick. I'm pretty sure you know which one I'm talking about. But, guys, apparently rumors are circulating, and again, I'm only working with what's given to me. Rumors are circulating that the broken gimmick has been purchased by the WWE. Uh, it's been, defu- it's been debunked by uh, Rebby, uh, saying that it's not true. But then again, Matt and Jeff has constantly said they never signed with the E when they went to ROH, kind of hiding the situation. Then all of a sudden today, uh, on Twitter, both Matt Hardy and Sheamus were having a broken back and forth where you kind of think Matt Hardy's bringing back the broken gimmick. Uh, like, I'm trying to figure out what's going on. <laughs> right, I read that rumor as well that WWE was able to purchase the gimmick, so I thought, okay, so they're going to start to bring it out. I saw in their little promo last night, it started to come out a little bit. I was like, okay, it's going to happen tonight. Um, they didn't cut away when he was doing the delete, like they did at WrestleMania and things like that. So I think they're slowly letting it in. But going back to uh, Sheamus and Cesaro turning heel, I was not really that surprised. I thought it, it was building up with these past two brawls, and then for them to do it, I was like, oh, okay. They can, they can hold it down as a heel. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, like the, the, the thing about that is, is like, I've always seen Sheamus as a better heel. Right. Uh, like, Sheamus to me, I, like, he was good as a face, but he wasn't as good as a heel. So, basically, I'm glad Shame, they turned Sheamus again into a heel. I think that guy has turned more face and heel than, than any newcomer in the WWE. Yeah, I agree. But, but basically, as far as, like I said, um, Sheamus and, and Cesaro, I feel like they're a great heel team. I feel like they could get a lot of heel. Uh, again, Cesaro, not is a guy that's very familiar with being a heel uh, in the independence when he worked under Claudio Castanoli with Chris Hero uh, in the independence, known as the Kings of Wrestling. They know their stuff, you know, and same thing for Sheamus. I think Sheamus being a heel is like a being in the backyard for him. Mm-hmm. But, you know, again, I'm glad that's happening. And on top of that, that they're working together with the Hardys. You and I had this discussion that they need someone that's well placed to put someone over in that kind of situation. Like where we talked about last week where Braun Strowman was facing Kalisto to be put over as a monster. You know, why you? No, put him with a Cesaro. In this case, perfect move. We see Sheamus and Cesaro trying to be put over as heels with the number one tag team in the world in the Hardy Boys. So I feel like this is a great move. I think it's a great move as well. Again, they needed that heel group that can hold it on their own. And, you know, Cesaro has experience with being a heel. He has those moments often. So I'm used to it. Sheamus can do it. And the Hardys can pull off anything. So he'll face if they want to do that as well. But fans are loving him too much. 
<laughs> well, do, let, let me ask you something, Estina. Do you want to see the Broken Hardys return? I don't mind seeing it. A lot of people, I guess, are expecting it, so maybe that's why WWE has a full form gone with it. If they purchased it, which I think they have, um, I guess they're just trying to, they, they want that surprise to happen. So I guess they just have to build it up a little bit. Well, yeah, like I feel like uh, it, it's possible. It's possible that we might see the Broken Hardys return. I, as a matter of fact, last night during payback, you saw a lot of fans chanting out, delete, delete, delete. So it's, it's kind of more obvious that, the, that they want to see the Broken Hardys return. So I, I would be open for it. For, to be quite honest with you, Christina, I was expecting the Broken Hardys, not the Hardy boys, the Broken Hardys, to return at WrestleMania, but I understand, even if it wasn't in their plan, that it's something that they have to slowly introduce to the WWE fans, because WWE fan is different from a TNA fan, and or even ROH fan, or New Japan fan, and that has been proven constantly in the past, when sometimes a TNA guy or ROH guy gets brought over to the WWE, and all you hear is crickets. to the main event of Payback, we had Braun Strowman versus Roman Reigns, where Roman Reigns practically got destroyed. It was part two or part three or whatever you want to call it. Now, that was putting over a monster. That was putting over a monster with Roman Reigns bleeding out of the mouth and and seemingly being injured and, and all that stuff. Like, that is a way to put over a monster. Now with a Kalisto, no offense. Again, this is no offense to smaller wrestlers in the business. I'm not trying to say that you are nobody. I'm just saying if, if you're put, getting put in there with a seven-foot beast, okay, that is probably as wide as a trailer, to put him over as this monster, listen, the guy's already seven feet tall and wide as a trailer, He's already a monster to you. I don't. I really believe it. Put him in there with a bigger guy, and then that makes me say, "Oh shoot, this guy is a beast." Right. And it, he proved it last night in that match for Roman Reigns. Um, a lot of kids are probably crying again. <laughs> yeah, I, re- I remember. I remember the the petition of uh, Fire Braun Strowman because of uh, what he did to Roman Reigns with the ambulance. Yeah. I, again, enjoy the ride, folks. But, uh, you know, it's, it was a fantastic, fantastic – I feel like it was an entertaining pay-per-view. It was not the best, like a WrestleMania or, or whatever, but it was entertaining. Mm-hmm. It had your attention. Like, one thing that was caught me off guard was Chris Jericho winning the United States Championship. Me too. I was totally surprised. I thought, you know, they were going to give it to Kevin Owens because, you know, Bobby has a new song out. Yeah, like it, it. Well, now Chris Jericho is an active member of SmackDown, and off the top of your head, 
Extina, what do you what do you rather see? Do you rather see Chris Jericho versus AJ because AJ Styles is currently the number one contender for that title? So, do you rather see Jericho and Styles, or do you rather see Jericho, Styles, and Owens? Um, I think I'm more interested in that the triple threat aspect of it. Because we've seen the Jericho and AJ already. Uh, but if you want to throw Kevin Owens in there, I, I think that'd be a more entertaining match if it was all three of them. Because, you know, Kevin Owens does the rematch clause. Well, <laughs> talking about that rematch clause, it could have happen as early as tomorrow on Tuesday Night SmackDown. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, okay, well, that, that's, that's coming from you. Like, personally, me, uh, I, I wouldn't mind seeing Jericho and AJ 3. They, they had an amazing match uh, two years ago at WrestleMania, and, and on top of that, they had a great chemistry, both two great superstars that wrestled in Japan, so they know what they're doing in that ring, obviously, or else they wouldn't be where they are. Uh, but honest to God, I would love to see Jericho and Styles battle it out. Uh, maybe Styles win the championship and then go on to defend it against Owens. But I, I, I that's me. That's my personal uh, choice. But I feel like they're going to go with your way, whereas Styles will go against Jericho. Owens will probably interfere and then cause the three-way dance. Right. Eventually, it's going to that because, you know, people they, they aren't really expecting it, but it would be a very entertaining match because we've seen the Jericho and AJ Styles most. We've seen the Kevin Owens and Jericho. So putting them all three together, I think, would be a little more entertaining. Yeah. Time will tell, I guess. But, you know, I, I, I have, like I said earlier, it was a great entertaining pay-per-view. It had my attention. I have nothing bad to say besides the House of Horrors that kind of disappointed, but I'm not the only one. <laughs> Uh, you know, uh, according to a earlier clip that I was watching earlier, uh, there was a boring thing going on. Listen, I don't think, I really don't think that anyone should be chanting boring because remember one thing, guys, when you're in that audience, yes, you have the right to chant whatever the hell you want. I'm not going to take that away from you. But don't be disrespecting these guys who bust their, pardon my language, but bust their asses to be there to entertain you. So, like, you could chant, you suck, uh, Roman sucks, uh, hey, uh, I don't know, cut your hair for all I care. You know, I, I, I don't know. But once you're chanting boring and these guys sacrifice day in and day out to entertain you, that's a slap in the face by saying, hey, who cares about your sacrifice, man? Uh, we're not being entertained. Listen, don't you understand what they've gone through just to make sure that you're entertained? So don't be chanting boring. That is one of those most insulting things that you could do. So I understand that no one was impressed by the House of Horrors, but that's taking it a little too far. Again, the fans are going to chant whatever they want after we saw they were taking Strowman after Roman Reigns got beat down. <laughs> so for them to chant boring, I understand it was when the video was going on. 
you know, they could have chanted something else, you know, I would have chanted something related to that. I want to see it. I'm like, I want to see this video. I want to see you guys in the ring right now. Well, if you didn't want to see the video, then by all means, get up and go to the bathroom. Exactly. But, but, but don't be chanting boring because they're like, okay, hypothetically, you and I, I could be sitting here and you could be really enjoying the video. Okay. You could be really be like, oh my God, this is so awesome. And then all of a sudden I start chanting boring. How respectful am I being to your entertainment? Right. To my enjoyment. Yeah. Yeah, so if you're not being entertained by a certain situation, get up and go to the concession stand. Get up and go to the bathroom. Get up and go smoke a cigarette. I don't I don't care I don't care what you do, but don't disrespect the workers that are sacrificing themselves to entertain you, number one, and don't sacrifice the person, I mean, sorry, don't disrespect the person that's sitting next to you that might be enjoying the segment while you're chanting boring. That's just plain selfish. So that, that's, that's just on me. I, 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 that, I don't, that's my opinion. Now, uh, we, we should in a few minutes be receiving the call from Mr. John Cruz, a.k.a. Serpentico. But uh, before we get to that call, there's another thing that I want to come across. And apparently, Finn Balor has issued a challenge to the Beast Incarnate, Brock Lesnar, for the Universal Championship. Mm -hmm. On this TV, on the kickoff show last night, Payback, uh, you know, uh, Finn Balor mentioned he wants to go for that title. does go against Brock Lesnar, Finn Balor might be one of the best attendees of Suplex City we've ever seen. Uh, I'm just saying, I'm just saying because Finn Balor, again, comparing size to size, Brock Lesnar doesn't tower over him, but he does overpower him. So this might be one of Brock Lesnar's favorite person to suplex. Uh, when I would watch the match because I wanted to see what Finn Balor can do. Of course, he'll most likely come out hopefully with his team and gimmick so that the fans can totally be on his side whenever this match does happen. But again, it's going to be a lot of him getting tossed around a lot of times. He'll probably be the top number of suplexes in this one match. <laughs> that would be cool. That I have to admit, that would be cool if the Demon King fought Brock Lesnar. Yeah. That would be cool. I have to admit that. Well, it's kind of obvious we might see the Demon King anyway, yeah. because he, he has done it for all the pay-per-views, but what side of the Demon King will we get? Because every time he uses the Demon, mm -hmm. we always see a new side of him. Like, one of my favorite Demons I've ever seen, I don't know if you remember this one, was the one of the uh, that he came out with the chainsaw. 
Yeah. Uh, that, that that was one of my favorite ones. Yep. Um, I can't remember which one. It, it was, I believe, when he fought uh, Samoa Joe in the cage. Right. I think. Yeah. But it, that was by far one of my favorite entrances. I think he was portraying Jack the Ripper mm-hmm. in, in that one. Uh, but yeah, I, I have to say that was one of my favorite. What kind of demon, what side of the demon will we get if this match were to take place? So, now, here, here's, here's the, and I'm gonna, I'm laughing at what I'm about to ask, but do you rather see that match take place at, <laughs> at Great Balls of Fire? <laughs> or do you rather see it at SummerSlam? No, not at Great Balls of Fire. That's a wait. No, definitely I want to see it at SummerSlam because you would have the demon versus me. Yes, I agree. The demon versus the beast. I agree with you. Now, what would you put against a snake? Because our guest has arrived. What would you put against a snake, uh, Extina? Another snake, like a viper. I, I don't think so. Because <laughs> <laughs> this, this snake is... <laughs> you clearly... <laughs> Don't know Serpentico as much as I do. <laughs> Serpentico is not a, a typical guy that'll say, "Oh, look, it's a viper." Oh, let me just die. No, <laughs> my dear. All right, so let's go ahead and introduce you to one of the most inspiring Latinos that I've ever met in the wrestling business. A member of the LWO, Team Lucha, and an evil Matt Luchador. That's three. Three, you know, personalities in one body. That's that's pretty interesting. I'm talking about Mr. John Cruz, aka Serpentico. How are you, sir? Hey, how's it going, guys? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. It's our pleasure, sir. It's actually more thank you for for taking your time to come on our show. How how you been, man? Uh, no more tires. I um, hope? Uh, no more tires. I literally the reason why I'm a few minutes late. I literally just walked to to my place. Threw my uh, threw my bags down and plugged my phone in and called you guys. So just busy. I just got home from from a long weekend, uh, home for a few days. So yeah, I'm happy to be back. Got to pay some bills and run some errands and leave again in a few days. <laughs> yeah, the, and that's and that's the one thing I was just talking to Extina about uh, before you came on. I I don't know if you were here, but basically we were talking about how fans should be more respectful to people like you. Because they don't know, you know, the stuff that you guys go through on a daily basis to make sure that you guys are entertained. Because I feel like those chants, like, I, don't get me wrong, I understand that they pay to chant. They pay their seats, so they have, you know, the ability to chant whatever they want. But when they start chanting boring, it's kind of disrespectful to you guys who, who are sacrificing not just body, but soul to entertain us. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you guys. Like, they... You know, you pay your ticket, you can be entertained, and you can cheer, boo, whatever. Um, but why, why pay a ticket to just sit there on your hands and just, just not enjoy anything, right? Um, exactly. Yes, it is our job to, to enter, entertain you. Uh, just if you came out, if you put clothes on, and you know, got in your car and drove to a show, however long it was. If you paid your money to sit in that seat, you know, just enjoy yourself. No need to, to not, don't to be, to be a grump about things. Just enjoy yourself. That's. We're here to entertain you, and uh, it just it just makes for an overall better atmosphere if you just come in with an open mind and, and to want to be entertained, as opposed to like looking at us and going, "All right, 
make me happy. Like, no, it's not our job. Our job is to entertain you, but not to like change your mood. If you're having a bad day, that's not really our problem. Um, we can help you get get over it, but that's that's all we can do, you know. Completely agreed with you there, uh, Mr. Cruz. So, and, and here's, you know, and this is the American crowd. You started, uh, you know, it, well, you and your family, because your entire family has a background in professional wrestling, uh, basically based in Puerto Rico. And the Hispanic yeah. crowds tend to be a lot more rowdy than the American crowd. Um, and, yeah, and you've very, worked. Very, very ruthless. <laughs> yeah, you, you've worked both. Puerto Rican, and you've also worked, well, let's just put it, Latino, and you've worked American crowds. Can, can you tell us about, you know, the experience of working both types of crowds? Yeah, but like I said before, like, uh, Hispanic crowds, Latino crowds, they're just ruthless, you know? They, they're there to see a fight. They're not there to, they're there to speak their mind, see a fight, and cheer boo accordingly. Uh, they, they will throw batteries at you, they will throw, you know, Coke at you, beer bottles, beer cans. Uh, if they don't like you, they'll let you know. But they're, they're, there's one thing I can say about Hispanic crowds is that they're never quiet. They will always tell it how it is, and they always, you know, uh, act accordingly. And it's, it's honestly one of my favorite crowds to, to work in front of, uh, lucha crowds, just because the atmosphere is completely different. Well, in that case, Mr. Cruz, if you don't mind me asking, uh, ha- have you had a situation? Because I've had, I've spoken to Almighty Sheik on this show before, and he's even told me, yes. oh, you know, there's been times when uh, I-, I believe he was telling me that there was a cage match that he had with Savio Vega, uh, that yes. basically that after the match he was nearly stabbed. Uh, in yeah, that's, a, that sounds about right. <laughs> can, can you? Has there ever been like a close situation for you when you work your Latin crowds? Uh, absolutely. This happened a few months ago. Uh, me, uh, Mr. 450 and Taya from AAA and Lucha Underground, uh, we all helped set Pentagon Jr. on fire. Uh, and the crowd did not like that whatsoever because it's all Hispanic crowd over at uh, Mucha Lucha in Georgia in uh, Norcross. Um, so after he was set on fire, we had to get escorted out of the, you know, out of the ringside area back to our locker room by, you know, the security guards. And I mean, we're, I'm used to getting pelted with batteries and, and, and objects and getting, like, beer thrown on me, but I heard bottles crack. And as soon as I heard bottles crack, I'm like, all right, we're probably going to get that. So we just ran to the locker room, and we stayed there to the entire building, like, cleared out, and then we had to, like, go around the building just to get in our cars and leave. Jesus! <laughs> yeah, and, oh, this, holy. And, this is tw- and this is 2017, by the way. This is not, like, the 80s and 90s. This is, like, recent. This is a few months ago. Um, so yeah, this is, they, they still believe it's hundred percent. Yeah. Holy. Well, mind you, if, if I could date back even a little further back, you know, you were trained by one of the great Puerto Rican wrestlers of all time, now known as Mil Muertes. I don't want to throw his uh, shoot name out there, but he, he, you could catch him on Lucha Underground, Mil Muertes. And you also were trained and helped by the Dudleys. Again, all these guys, they know how to play the crowd. They know how to work a good heel, per se. You know, and especially controversial when it comes to the Dudleys. Yeah, absolutely. They're the ones that, uh, they're the ones that molded me and, and showed me different, you know, because I, I, I learned one way back home. And then when I, when I moved to the United States, you know, I had to relearn psychology because it's not the same. Psychology back home in Puerto Rico um, and, and psychology in the States is completely different. 
um, they're trying to trying to merge it too, and because the the crowds, you know, now that uh, matches can get out there as soon as you're done, and people can see your match worldwide, you know, by the time you get back to the locker room, you know, it's it's becoming a little bit more uh, more common for for psychology to bleed between different territories and stuff like that. But they're they're instrumental in helping my uh, my psychology to work American crowds uh, and uh, my promos. They're the ones instrumental in in, uh, in helping form my my babyface and heel promos. To uh, to better suit whatever uh, crowd I'm wrestling for. So you know, with the Latino background, you know, a lot of people, a lot of American fans, when they think Latino wrestler, the first thing that pops into their head is the Mass Luchadors. Uh, you know, and yep. you started the Serpentico gimmick, uh, which I love, by the way. I'm terrified every time I see a picture of you. <laughs> so. <laughs> Like, has it always been a a goal for you to become a mass luchador yourself and kind of, like, do that outreach to your Latino background in that way? Not saying that you don't before because of the LWO, but, like, enhance your yeah. Latino? Uh, no, I actually, I, I was always, always against it uh, because, in in my opinion, I if I was going to wrestle, I want everyone to know who I am not under a mask. I want everyone to see my face and remember, okay, he's the guy that made me feel this way. He looks like this. Okay. Um, obviously, after after years and years of wrestling, uh, your, your opinions change and you grow as a person and you mature and then you start thinking, you look at the same situations you did when you were younger and go, well, let's go ahead and rethink this. And uh, once this, uh, this Sir Penico, like character fell into my lap, I'm like, okay, this is a chance of something new. I'm not going to throw away what I've done in the last you know, 12 years, uh, I've been doing Sir Pinnacle for almost three now. Um, I'm not going to throw away what, uh, what I've done the last 12 years, but I'm going to give this a go and, uh, and, and see what comes of it. And it's, it's, it's grown exponentially way, way more than I thought it ever would. And the time span have done it. Um, so I can't complain. Like I, right now, like Sir Pinnacle takes up some, most of my work. He's the one making me travel pretty much across the planet, especially, you know, starting this weekend. Um, so I'm not against it. Uh, I've learned to adapt, and I'm still learning as a masked luchador because it's not the same. Also, you uh, when you wrestle without a mask, people can see your face, you see your anguish, see your anger, see how happy you are, see your sad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, under a mask, all they see is your eyes, and sometimes they don't yep. even see that. So it, 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 with that, it just you have to like learn how to emit those emotions through body language and and how you move. And, and how they perceive you, and uh, yeah, it's it's a learning experience, and I love every minute of it because every crowd is different. Every crowd reacts differently to Pentagon, um, and yeah. that that's that's if that's what's cool about it. They're they're seeing it for the first time, and I'm experiencing it for the first time, so we both learn together. And, and one last thing before I turn it over to Extina, because I feel like I'm stealing half of her. <laughs> but, uh, I, I always do this. She's the one for... that she's the, she's the one that booked me for this, by the way. Oh, 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 no, 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 no. Uh, that's another one. That's another young lady. Uh, I, I know who you're talking Yeah, yeah, but this is a different uh, young lady, Extina. Uh, but, no, no, by all means, she's a great, phenomenal person. I'm, you're talking about the lollipop queen, yes. Uh, but basically, um, and mind you, I have to talk to you about that story about the lollipop queen, man. You, you, for you could tease her every time that you see her now. But uh, No problem. <laughs> <laughs> but my last question here, basically for you, uh, Mr. Cruz, is, is like, you know, now that you talk about the mask gimmick, you know, there's a lot of great Latinos that even 
uh, that a lot of people don't know started under mass gimmicks, like the Love Machine, Art Bar, Eddie Guerrero, Juventus uh, Guerrero. Yeah. You, you know, the list goes on and on and on. But one name yeah. really, and, and I had this conversation with you, actually, when we first started talking about booking. Like, um, one name that really brought up was how much Eddie Guerrero, like, inspired the entire Latino wrestling crowd. How did he yep, affect exactly. you? Um, well, just I, thankfully, because wrestling has been in my family for so long, I was uh, I was fortunate enough to watch wrestling when I was, you know, ever since I can remember. So back then, my dad, was we used to put on, uh, we used to have on the weekends, like AAA, CMLL, and then WCW at night. Um, so I would just be just surrounded by Lucha Libre, and one guy that always stuck out, no matter what promotion, like, I saw him in, you know. Uh, was uh, Eddie Guerrero, um, and I, I remember going to my dad and looking at him like he he's you know he's like us. He's like, what do you mean? Like he speaks Spanish. He he has an accent. You know, he's like us. He's like, yeah, exactly. Uh, he's like, he can do this. I'm like, yeah, you can do this too. And then he's like, look at me, I'm doing this too. I'm like, okay. So he inspired just because just just being Hispanic, right? Just being just being of the same creed, uh, just is inspiring alone. Um, and and just the way he would he, he i saw his career you know begin and evolve and ultimately end like in one time span right it's not the same um and not take away from any other people but sometimes when when you come to watch wrestling and you enjoy a character like oh wow i i don't know anything about him let me look him back you know when he was younger or he's already retired i saw eddie you know almost pretty point like almost break in with with uh love machine and stuff like that and then move back Move, move to WCW and then WWE. I, I saw all that. I even saw him when, when he was let go by uh, WWE the first time, and he had to like rebuild his his reputation on the Indies. And even then, I would follow him around and see where he's at, see where he popped up. And his match with Amazing Red was beyond insane. No one ever saw it, you know, because it was on the Indies. But uh, I made sure to seek that out and just seeing his see how he grew as person, character, and performer is what inspired me to try to do the same. Yeah, that, and Eddie Guerrero, to me, like, still, even if he's not with us, still inspires everyone to this day. Uh, so I, I have to agree with you 100%. As a matter of fact, I still miss him uh, watching him. And uh, to me, like, sometimes I even look at the WWE roster right now, Mr. Cruz, or even the, the roster that the world of professional wrestling has, and I say to myself, oh, my God, can, if Eddie ever stepped in the ring with him, like, yeah, yeah, it, absolutely. So it, it, it really makes me wonder. But I, I'm going to pass the microphone over now to Extina over here. She's extremely excited to talk to you for the first time. So basically, Extina, the snake is all yours, slash Latino. Uh, so take it away. I do want to thank you for being with us. So, you know, you're being Latino and uh, mentioning Eddie Guerrero. But also talking about your gimmick and when you started to wear the mask, was there any uh, wrestler that totally inspired you to make you think, you know, okay, I can do this mask gimmick as well because they can pull it off as well? Is there anyone, you know, someone like Ray Mysterio or who really inspired you when it came to the mask gimmick? Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, Ray Mysterio would be like at the top of that list. Uh, especially because Rey Mysterio, when I first met him, like, wait a minute, I am taller than you. This is insane. 
You know, I, uh, everyone looks a little bit bigger on TV, right? When I first met him, I'm like, wow, if he can, if he can do this, I can, uh, I can do it too. Like, he didn't let his size, you know, be a barrier too. I mean, actually, it helped him out a great, uh, a ton. And that's what I use that. I use that same mentality. Like, I'm smaller, but the person you remember after the show's over is me. Um, and Ray Mysterio was definitely the one that, that apart from Eddie, and I want to say apart from, like, you know, he's a bigger gentleman compared to Chris Dealistic, but Sean Michaels as well. He was always on the smaller end of the, uh, of the roster. Um, and those guys, you would remember those guys. And that's what I want to do now. So, you know, mentioning smaller guys, we see that the WWE now is showcasing those cruiserweights and, you know, proving that they can make these matches amazing. Um, have you ever thought of wanting to join that cruiserweight division in the WWE? I honestly think that you would be a perfect fit going against, I don't know, let's say no. <laughs> have you ever thought of I know that everyone's end goal to end up in the WWE, but them showcasing smaller guys like the cruiserweight division. It, it has to be very inspiring to believe you can't have more of an opportunity now than before. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, ever since I was small, that's what I wanted to be, you know, especially once WCW. And I, I had more WCW footage in my house than I did WWF. But then once once they, they, they were bought out by WF, that's all I had in the house. So, yeah, they, I always wanted to get there. That's, it's still a goal, will always be a goal. Um, and once this cruiserweight division started back up, I was extremely excited because uh, it, it, it's catered to the smaller guys. Um, we have their own show, and, and, and I have half of those guys on the roster right now are my friends, you know, and they're, they're really good, deserving athletes. Um, as for wanting to join it right now, um, and this is something I thought I'd never say, I'm like, no, not right now. Uh, simply because there's so many of them now. Uh, me, me coming in uh, is... is I could easily be lost in the shuffle with so many guys they have. Um, if I want to, if I want to come in there, I want to be, you know, I want to be the one, the spotlight, not just another guy, you know. Just unfortunately, just because there's so many guys signed on the roster right now, not doing anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm having, I'm having way too much fun making my own schedule, traveling the world, you know, when I want to. Uh, if the opportunity arises, sure, I'll think about it. And if, if, if it's financially feasible for me and my family and, and my living situation, absolutely. Uh, but right now, uh, I I enjoy I enjoy being what I am now. Uh, um, it's really weird. I never thought I'd say that, but it's it's it's, it's how you, when you know when I said earlier, it's how you you grow and mature as a person. Um, had you asked me this, this question ten years ago, sure, let's go right now. Um, but now the more I see and the more I sit back, I reflect a lot more than I used to. And I watch my friends and how they're doing, and I see how hard it is for them sometimes. And I, I don't want to be in that position right now. Exactly. You know, you, like you mentioned before, you're still growing your character. You know, being known as John Cruz, which I've seen you've done some NXT things as well. And, but, you know, you're still developing the free mask and et cetera. A lot of people are seeing people love more of it. So I think the more and more that you do that, uh, you're proving yourself as doing something great in the
any event that's been so great that inspired you even more? Um, honestly, uh, the only thing my dad is he's not really uh, following her right now. Uh, but the, the the one advice he did give me and my mom as well, you know, they were together when my dad wrestled, um, was do it until you're not happy anymore. Once it makes you unhappy, uh, just get out, do something else that makes you happy, and that's that's something that I've always kept with me. Uh, simply because no one no one likes getting up for early for a job they don't like, you know, and driving to a job they hate and being stuck in traffic just so they can make, you know, uh, out 40 hours a week at a job they despise. It's, it's miserable. It's just, um, and wrestling with, you know, it, wrestling can be miserable as well, depending on, on, on how you are and how, how, how you treat others. And it can be very bad for you. Um, or if you have opportunities that are taken away, you know, you're always going to feel slighted. Uh, and I've always, I've always had that in film, you know. It's, you keep doing it until it's not fun. And it's 15 years and it's never been that fun. Um, I've always had a great time. Uh, I've always said if I don't, if, it, if the year before me, if I don't make any more money or any more progress in my career the next year, then that's the year I quit. I never want to go back. I always want to go forward. So if I'm happy and I'm paying my rent and my life returns, I can travel the world and technically be on vacation 52 weeks a year, then hey, I'm going to keep doing it. Right, I think that's um, awesome advice, especially since you love wrestling and that you're going for the past 15 years of wrestling. Um, but I'm going to pass it off to the Lord over here. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and Sean, now that, you, now that you talk about family and stuff, uh, now that you bring that up, being a second generation guy, like, or third generation, uh, did, do you ever feel the pressure of that? in your career being like, oh, God, I have to continue on the legacy. Like, do you ever feel that pressure? Uh, no, I've actually never felt it. They, they, I've never had anyone, like, uh, like push me in that direction. They just, my family just said, if you want to do this, have fun. You know, just don't get hurt. And I'm like, I'll try not to get hurt. We'll see what happens. But uh, as long as I have fun, I've never, never felt that pressure. Now, I put a lot of pressure on myself, which is different. You know, I don't feel pressure from my family or carrying on, you know, the true name and stuff like that. But I feel uh, the, the, my own worst enemy and my worst critic is myself. Uh, hmm. I, I, everything for me has to be 100% perfect. And I'll do something and I'll watch the match back. And even if I felt great during the match, I look at it back and I'm like, oh, that sucked. I didn't like that. Let me change it. Now I'm always trying to progress myself, you know, not so much anybody else. I mean, I do that with the school, but I'm really hard on myself and, I'll have you know, I'm never, you know, I've had, I, I couldn't tell you how many matches I've had over 15 years, but uh, I could probably count on one hand the ones that I think that are great. And that's just me being really hard on myself, you know. Uh, I've learned well, to be less. Let me just. Go ahead. I'm yeah. sorry, John. I'm sorry. No, no. Uh, and and uh, I've learned to be less, a little bit less, more, should I say, strict with myself the last couple of years. Because um, I've had a lot of fun. The last three years have been like the best of my career. You know, I've been able to do stuff I never thought I'd be able to do, travel and all this stuff. Um, and I, I've been very, very happy. But I still, I still want it to be as perfect as possible. You know, there's an old saying which, which I don't think is, 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 is true, but it's just stuck in my head for some reason. You're only good as your last match, right? So I want every match that people look up to be really good. Um, so I, I'm always, always thinking of, of how to get better and. Uh, 
that's the pressure I put on myself. No one else does that for me. It's just that's a personal thing that I've always had, you know, and I always want to do just because I never want to get complacent or or just content with what I'm doing. Once I, once I do that, then I'm not really – I'm going through the motions and I'm not going to be happy. And then if I'm not happy, I'm just going to not do it anymore. Well, you mentioned 15 years doing this, uh, uh, John. You know, 15 years is not easy either because that's a lot of strain on your body. Because you, it, it's not like, hey, I only go out there and, and work out and do this or whatever once a, a weekend. You, you guys have to do this on a seven-day base. It's a seven-day job just to make sure that, hey, I'm okay for the next match. Uh, with the 15 years already on your resume, John, have you felt it already? Like, have you felt like, oh, my God, like, it's starting to take its toll on me, or have you not reached that point yet? Um, yeah, at different points in my career, like, I've had, I've had problems with different parts of my body. Uh, like, a couple of years ago, I had really bad knees. Um, and then after that, I had really bad elbows and really bad backs. But what I've noticed is as soon as I feel something, and what I've noticed and learned, and not from just myself, is watching my peers and, and, and people who, who've done this for, for longer. And people who've done it shorter just don't, they don't. I adapt. If I feel like my knees are, are, are giving out, I'm just going to change my moveset. I'm not going to keep with the same one because I know what's messing up my knees. So I'm not going to land on my knees anymore. So I started doing that, and my knees got better. You know, once my elbow started messing up, both of them at the same time. And I had I had a, a year stretch where everything I did just messed up both of my elbows. I just changed my moves again, and I, I kept the same character and I kept uh, the same high, same high flying maneuvers stuff like that. But I was very very conscious about how I landed and what I did, um, so I wouldn't keep having those problems. Same thing with my back. You know, uh, right now I, I I I do feel it. I do feel it, especially when you know you're on a six hour plane ride. And, and it's a very uncomfortable seat. You got to get up, and just your body's completely cold and everything hurts. But um, I want to say, for 15 years, uh, I feel relatively great. You know, I do have aches and pain. Sometimes I wake up with, uh, you know, more pain than other days. But uh, I feel like I can do this for way longer than I'm physically able to, just because I've learned to adapt. Because I've, I've seen other people go through it, and I've seen other people not adapt. And I've seen people hurt themselves on moves and, and certain scenarios, and they keep doing it because that's what they think people expect from them. And they have to, I, I, I wish, you know, those people would understand that it's not what they expect from you. You can, you're the author of your own story. You can change the script whenever you want. Uh, you don't always have to give them the, the same thing you've gained for 10 years and it's killing your body. Um, just modify it. Give it. Give it to them when it means something, and then you'll you'll you, your body will thank you later. And that's what I've learned. And that's what I try to instill to the younger guys. Which I used to be the guy that you know I the bell rung and I would go a million miles an hour. You know, and back when you know, when you're starting 18, 19, nothing hurts. And if you do get hurt, you'll bounce back, back in a week. And now I'm noticing, you know, when I get hurt, I'm like, wow, I'm sitting a little bit longer and longer. So something has to give, and my body's always going to get first. So if I give my body gives first, there goes my income. So this is all about longevity, and I've learned to to adapt not just not just not just movesets, but my wrestling style as well, um, which is why John Cruz <laughs> has evolved from you know just falls to the wall, you know high flyer, you know doesn't care about anything. Sometimes I do comedy, and comedy is <laughs> a strong suit with that character, and it's way easier in my body, and the people still get the same reaction. You know they still laugh if they want to see more. Um, and it's way easier in my body. So I, I've been able to, like, to, to, to extend my career that way. 
Well, yeah, I was going to ask, like, uh, yeah, because I noticed in, 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 like, a good amount of your matches, which, by the way, uh, to kind of combat what you were saying earlier, I'm a huge fan of all your matches. Uh, you're, you're extremely entertaining, man. But, uh, thank you, thank that's you. Oh, no, my pleasure. Like, uh, your, your matches with Lacey Lane are, are amazing. Your, even your tag matches down here when you do Ronan, like, it, it, yeah. it, it's by far amazing. But my my next question, I got two last questions here. Uh, basically, yep. with you loving comedy, with you loving comedy, John, and that's you. That's who you are. That you like making people laugh. It, it, does it ever yep. kind of say like, oh God, now I have to turn that off. I have to turn on this evil, demented guy that people are gonna now hate in Serpentico. Like, is it hard for you to transition from that fun-loving guy to the evil, I hate you, Serpentico? Um, personally, no. Uh, just because, uh, I, I mean, it's, it's really hard to explain. Uh, but putting on that mask changes my it changes my mood, my demeanor. Just because, just is the way he looks, right? Uh, yeah. You know, you put the contacts in and you put the mask on. You can't see my face. You can't see my mouth. So you can't see me smile, laugh, jeer, you know, to my tongue at you. Uh, I, he just looks very mean. Uh, and all you have to do is just, I have to just look in the mirror. I'm like, okay, now I know what to do today. It's not really hard to, to, to switch gears just because probably because I've been doing it for so long. I've been wrestling for so long. I understand what it means to switch gears. Um, and and I'm, I'm, a very, I'm a huge fan of, uh, of method actors as well. Um, uh, you study, you, you know, studying method actors, you, you kind of realize what they go through just to get, you know, in the mindset uh, of a role. Um, and not that I walk around in my cape and mask, you know, when I'm home, because that'd be weird. My girlfriend does that, but not me. <laughs> but it's, uh, yeah, she, she, there's pictures of her just wearing my stuff. I'm like, all right, well, I guess I won't leave it out next time. <laughs> but, uh, no. no. I've seen the pictures you shared uh, where you're just standing yep, there yep. next to her and you're like, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> yep, there's that's, that's two of us, yeah. You know, we're not the same person. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I've, I've been able, like it, having that mask actually helps me get into that persona even quicker, right? And everything, everything I do for my character is very theatrical. The music, the, uh, the entrance, the, the, the gear, the way I... I I take off my, I disrobe and take everything off and how I treat you know, my opponent. Everything is, everything is over the top and completely different from what I would do as John Cruz, which makes it easier. All I have to do is John Cruz and go, don't do anything he does. I'm like, perfect, all right. <laughs> everything completely different, and it works out, it, it works out that way. <laughs> well, does it, because I know you're trying to avoid tires. Apparently, Alex Cruz now is attacking you with trash cans. <laughs> yeah, um, but what he well, what he did not post was uh, me beating his butt for, uh, for like twenty minutes. But it's okay, you know. We'll pick and choose our battles, right? <laughs> no, <laughs> well, let, let me ask you a little fun question, just to make it uh, a laugh. Yeah. And, and we all know sometimes you you wrestlers have that one fan on your Facebook that just says, "Oh, I'm gonna follow him. I'm such a huge fan, like a super fan," is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Um, with you posting the pictures of you with your girlfriend and your girlfriend wearing the Serpentico uh, gear, have you ever had a situation where a super fan says, oh, that's Serpentico? Like, have you ever had a situation like that yet? Um, <laughs> I've had, no, I, I've, I've had people 
message me, and I don't know if they're completely, completely serious. I have people message me saying, hey, can you give this uh, message to Serpentico? I'm a big fan of his work. I'm like, oh, okay, sure, I'll do that for you, buddy. Great, awesome. I, I, I'm like, I will, I will talk, I'll, I'll see him this weekend. So I'll, I'll let him know. Okay. And you know, I'm not going to, and Hey, if, 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 if they believe it's two different characters, Hey, then I'm not going to burst that bubble. Right. It's, 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 it's uh, obviously I don't, I don't hide. I don't hide that I'm, I'm, I'm both characters, but I like to play it off as a split personality. You know, I'm very happy, fun, loving, you know, John Cruz. And then I'm just a Royal asshole, uh, as a pinnacle. And, that's how I treat it. I don't treat it as a, as two different characters. I don't want to play, you know, pull the wool over people's eyes. You know, it's 2017. You can just do a quick Google search, and there's the answers right there. But mm-hmm. if someone wants to believe that it's two different people, hey, more power to them. I'm not going to take that away from. <laughs> well, hopefully, uh, well, hopefully this helps those people that are reading, uh, checking up on your <laughs> Facebook with the with the link that's up on the top there. But uh, my last question right, right. for you, John. <laughs> Before you go, John, my last question is just your your final opinion on the growth of Latino wrestling now with with it now being such a huge thing. Like now we see in the WWE, I know you uh, like grew in the business with people like Samurai Del Sol, now known as Kalisto. Yep. And, and even you grew in this business with a brother in Lince Dorado in the LWO. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Now part of the cruiserweight, you know, uh, division in the WWE. With this ever so growing Latino culture in professional wrestling, where do you see the Latino culture going into the future for professional wrestling? The uh, the good thing about like uh, like technology in 2017 is that you can pretty much watch any match that's ever recorded and put online in, you know, on, on, in an instant, right? So all these guys that, uh, like, let's say, for example, all these guys in Mexico that no one's ever heard of in the States, now all they have to do is upload a uh, A fan has to upload a video on Facebook, and it, it's shared a billion times, and it has, a, you know, six million views, and, and he's automatically a household name to other Latinos who didn't know he existed. Um that's something that I'm very happy about. Uh, like, that's how, you know, uh, uh, Grand Metalik and Mascarola, you know, these guys, you know, they're the same guy, but different names. But that, that's how he got noticed by WWE. Um, he was, he's amazing. He's beyond insane. And, and he will have weekly show-stealing matches in CMLL. And someone in WWE saw Link and went, oh, I want him. And that's how he gets the ball rolling. So, uh, technology has played a big part in, in, in Latinos getting their name out there. Um, I'm very, very, very proud of the new LAX and uh, at Impact Wrestling because uh, those dudes uh, have been busting their ass for, for years on the independent scene along with Angel Rose and, uh, you know, uh, EYFBO, and, and they finally got their break. And just to see them, like, represent Puerto Rico and have represent Cuba and, and, and Conan and Homicide and all these guys, you know, putting – putting Latinos, you know, on the forefront, it's, it's, a, it's a really good feeling, and it's not going to stop, you know. Uh, Lucha Underground did a very good thing for, for Lucha Libre in general, uh, not just Latinos, you know, it got a lot of eyes on other people that, you know, the wrestling world might have missed that, that just watched, you know, WWE and, and Impact Ring of Honor. Um, but I think it's just scratching the surface. You know, there's so much untapped talent that people don't know about yet. Um, and if all it's going to keep growing, you know. It's it's obviously lucha libre is, is the oldest, pretty much the oldest sport in the world, but uh, not everyone to this day knows anything about it. 
you know, they didn't know the culture behind the mask and, and the pageantry and, and how, how they treat, you know, wrestling down there. Which I'm very excited about because I'm going there in a few days. Um, but uh, now that, now that, you know, technology is what it is in 2017, all it, it's going to keep growing exponentially. And I'm very happy to be, to have a small role in it. You know, I'm very happy to be part of something like a movement perhaps that, that, that can just get bigger and bigger as the more we do this and the more we represent our country. And, and that's awesome, man. And, and yeah, like uh, uh, the even the LWO is, is a very, very respectful organization in the independent. Uh, like you guys, even if I brought it up in a different state, you're, they would say, oh, the LWO, you mean John Cruz and, and all of them? And I'll be like, yeah, that, that's them. And I'll be like, it, it's amazing how you guys have grown. Like you, Angel Rose, Jay Rios. Uh, Lindsay Dorado, uh, Mr. 450, the, the list goes on and on. And, and, and it's amazing that you guys are representing the Latino culture. And I bet my bottom dollar, not to speak for him, but I, I'm pretty sure that if Eddie Guerrero was here still right now, he will give you guys a big round of applause and a big handshake for representing the Latino culture like you guys are. Oh, I see. That, 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 that would be the greatest honor of all, right? Yeah. Yeah, so, and, and me being a Latino, John, I want to say thank you very much for also representing us Latinos in the wrestling business. I have, I'm a huge, passionate guy for the wrestling business. I'm a big fan. I've been watching it since four years old, and I'm still a fan today. I'm a journalist, but I'm a fan also. And I just want to thank you, Mr. 450, Mr. Rios, Angel Rose, you know, everyone. Thank you for representing us in a business that I'm so passionate for. Oh, no problem, man. Like anything uh I, I never got in this to like to to I got in this because I love it. I love wrestling, right? I, I, I've always loved it, always been around it, so I've always tried it and you know, thankfully it's been it's been part of my life for, for as long as I've been alive. Um, but to to be able to to able to represent, you know, not just one flag, but just Latinos in general is uh is 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 a very good feeling, and to know that people, you know, uh, there might be a child out there that might want to do this and might see one of our pictures and then might Google us and might go, well, he's Puerto Rican or he's Hispanic or he's Mexican. I, I'm, I'm just same nationality. I want to do this too. If we can inspire one person, not even wrestling, just inspire one person to do anything in their lives for the better, then it's all been worth it. Well, thank you very much for that, John. So before you go, let's do some plugs here for you. Uh, where can fans follow you on social media? I know Instagram is a thing now, Twitter, Facebook fan page. Uh, you know, uh, how can bookers get a hold of you for any kind of inquiries? And where can fans catch you next live? Um, yeah, uh, Facebook, um, just under John Cruz. Uh, I, it used to be private, but I've got so many booking inquiries. I'm just going to open that up to anybody. and I'll, I'll make a private one for my family and stuff like that. But, yeah, John Cruz on Facebook. Uh, Twitter and Instagram at Lucha underscore Cruz, um, and I, I just post, you know, just it's either me posting stuff about pandas or wrestling. That's all it is. That's all my life is about right now. Uh, <laughs> and as for <laughs> as for uh, for well, I'll be next. You know, I have tomorrow night Orlando. I have Wrestling 2.0. I'll be in Tijuana, Mexico for the crash on Thursday. Uh, I'll be in California all week for other stuff that I can't really talk about right now. But hopefully, you know, it comes out soon. And then 13 the 14th, I'll be at uh, in Tampa and Gainesville, respectively, for uh, for May Mayhem and Fest Wrestling. So those are my next, how my next two weeks look like. 
Awesome. Well, John, again, thank you very much for your time on the show. And I really appreciate it, man. I, I really appreciate your friendship, and, and you're a true professional, man. No, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Uh, anytime you guys want to, you know, chat it up, and I'm, and I'm, you know, free from, from any obligations, just, just let me know, and I'll, I'll hop in for a few minutes. Awesome. I might have to have you jump on for, like, a Spanish broadcasting of, of Russell City Radio. <laughs> knowing that WWE, That's awesome. Let's do it. Uh, knowing that WWE has so many tables with different languages, might, might as well have you do a Spanish broadcast. <laughs> right. <laughs> Just let me know. We'll do it. All right, man. Thank you very much, John. All right. Take care. Thank you for having me. You too. Bye-bye. Guys, that was Mr. John Cruz of LWO, Team Lucha. Uh, what a phenomenal young man that guy is. He's truly humble, truly professional. I'm very, very happy that I on to a segment real quick. Uh, to, it, actually, a very popular segment that took part last week here on Russell City Radio. I have had nonstop messages about this man, because according to, to the audience, they not only were informed, but they were laughing their asses off like Extina and I here. So basically, let's go ahead and introduce you to the one, the only, representing the Curtain Jerkers, Steve Mesa. Thank you very much. I appreciate that very positive intro. But I'm a little intro myself. I, no offense, I like to... You know, uh, give myself a little, <laughs> little, little Oh no. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome back to the segment that everybody's been clamoring for. The hotline's been popping. You can hear the audience is from the outside. Everybody's been clamoring. It's the one, the only, the.
on Saturday night at Broward College South Gym in South Florida in the final. He looked okay entering the ring and did not appear to take any serious bumps or be involved in any mishaps in the ring. Many people, even those who do not know him, sent him good words via social media and are praying for the best for him as he remains in the hospital. A flamboyant character, the 5'7", 165-pounder, has also wrestled for APW, Dragon Gate USA, Evolve, FIP, Idolene Wrestling, NWA Florida Underground, and more. From New Britain, Connecticut, he trained at the Team Vision Dojo in Orlando and debuted in 2010. At Rowan, he sported his spooky headwear and glasses and taunted fans as a good heel show. I've been to my fair share of wrestling shows through the year have some some injury, but nothing like this that I recall. It was scary. I just hope everyone who steps in that ring is safe and sound. It's something they love to do. Generate excitement for the fans, but it's a risk each time, too. You just have to take all the precautions as best you can and do the best you can. You can't worry about everything, but you have to be smart. I don't know why this happened, but it did. I just want everyone to be okay. Get well, Lincoln, thank you. And I will then put my two cents, two cents in. Uh, uh, I have to say this. Uh, from what I heard when I uh, was coming into the building, uh, especially uh, with uh, what happened, I have to say the community, the community down here, both fans and workers alike, are truly like a family. Uh, I had, uh, I believe it was Darby, uh, one of the one of the staff for wrestling, actually helped try to uh, bring. Uh, Wayne back with uh, trying to do CPR, and from what I've heard, uh, and God knows what would have happened if he didn't. Uh, but I want to say prayers go out to Wayne. Uh, you know, God, you know, just I'm sending all my all positive vibes to him. I'm wishing the best for him. I'm wishing he has a quick recovery. You know, God bless him and God bless to the community of workers uh, that we have down here in South Florida. And I also want to give some um, good vibes and positive. Healing by to uh, Angel Rose and Ahari of Lake. Uh, I don't know if you guys heard, uh, Angel Rose uh, had a, a little bit of an injury last night during uh, PWS uh, into the Dragon during their match with, uh, with John Cruz and, uh, against uh, Jason Cade and Beta Scott. And I believe uh, Ari also had a little bit of an injury going into, uh, after her match at uh, Ronan. So, uh, again, wanted to send goodbye to both, you know. Wayne, Angel, Aria, the one who closed their, you know, you know, Angel and Aria's, uh, you know, real names, but just to let them know out there that we're all praying for them, you know, hope they feel better and praying and walk away to get better for them. So, uh, sorry for the little serious there, you know, guys. I just had to, you know, just, I, you know, I just had to, you know, get it out there because I, you know, I know a lot of people, a lot of people out, you know, in here, you does listen to us. Do listen to us for sure, and I had to had to say that for sure. I had to say because it's something that happened locally, and it's big news down here for for the local wrestlers and for the community. Uh, but let me smoothly transition to Ronan 14. <laughs> Ronan 14. Now Ronan 14. Listen, each show I can say that it gets better and better, and Ronan 14 was no different. Um, it had a couple ups and downs, but I mean, we can't always. Put, I mean, there's a. I don't believe there's such thing as a perfect show. I don't believe so. I mean, New Japan can have really 
if he six, ten man tag matches that kind of really results in nothing except depending on if depending on if chance if one person takes the champion then it leads to a possible title position. But that you know, that's different. But I say Roman Horton top to bottom had almost a singular memorable event, maybe more than one in each match. Uh, started off with uh, Aaron Epic Death Proof, excuse me, hashtag Death Proof, I'm sure it was doing if I don't mention Death, hashtag Death Proof, Aaron Epic, uh, taking on the high flying AR Fox. Now, this was the opening contest to Roman 14. And, you know, usually when you want to open a show, you want to start off hot, off the gate. And these guys definitely started off hot and off the gate. You had, it was a great segment. You had epic. Uh, technique of grounding and pounding and using hard-hitting strikes and devastating maneuvers to try to ground the high-flying AR Fox, which AR Fox basically threw almost his entire body, I mean, every arsenal of his body, he threw his arms, his legs, his body, his torso, his head, everything he used at Aaron Epic, but unfortunately for him, the head was the one weakness that Aaron Epic was able to take care of. He, Took one, not one, it took more than one power driver to put AR Fox through. Well, the power driver to the <clears throat> hardest part of, of the ring, that would be the ring apron. And then later on, it would be the Gotchstop power driver that would put away AR Fox and give Aaron Epic a singular victory, which I believe, if I'm if I'm not wrong, I believe he is uh, undefeated at. Uh, for us because he made his debut. So, I don't know, maybe we'll see possible future title contention if you keep the momentum up. You never know. Uh, next up, we, you know, I don't want to go too much on the whole entire car, but uh, I'll tell you what. I'll give you some of the highlights to just break down. Uh, we had a triple threat featuring the, uh, the previously mentioned and previously interviewed John Cruz, who's taking on Eddie Sigma, and I am so sorry if I don't know the third gentleman's name. I apologize. I know you are recognized as King Gate, so I apologize. I did not do my research. That's my fault. Just don't, 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 don't kill me, please. <laughs> uh, but we know uh, senior referee Bruce Owen, he managed to uh, referee the match, and we, right off the spot where Teddy Cruz, Teddy Cruz, hello, uh, John Cruz, Received a power, a choke slam, followed by another choke slam from Teddy Sigma to King Gate. And then, to get this short, Teddy Sigma goes to choke slam Bruce Owen. I oh. mean, I mean, did you see the video on this? I mean, it's just, that's just completely disrespect. That's disrespectful. You don't lay hands on your referee. Last I checked, <laughs> last I checked, uh, you lay your hands on a referee and you get disqualified. In this case, you lay your hands on Bruce Owens, you get chokeslammed. <laughs> now the chokeslam, he also grabs, excuse me, King Geek's other net and he double chokeslammed him. Yep. Double chokeslammed him. I didn't know Bruce Owens had that in him. The humanity. I know he can back stuff up, but Right. I mean, the plane popped huge. You saw the video. The plane popped huge, man. I mean, we have to say, Bruce Owen, local legend. Right? Local legend. Aaron Angel, local legend. Yeah, a huge local legend. Local legend. 
one of our first guests here on the show, as a matter of fact. And why he's a local legend. <laughs> <laughs> NWA legends. Uh, man, what, what else can I even say to that kind of compliment? I don't think there's something more you can say. I think you perfectly, <laughs> perfectly summarized everything that has to be said about you. So, I mean, God forbid it's a panel that they show that, you know, of course, Supercon gets like, whoa, so sorry? My God. I'll just leave it at that. He's very vague as possible. Those those poor stories. Woo! Sound like a player. Woo! Uh, Next up, we have the formerly known as the Hashtag Warrior, now going as Main Man Malkin. No more Edward. Main Man. Last name Malkin. Taking on Eric Cannon. Eric Cannon, who I believe you are a fan of, George. And this was a very good match. Uh, basically, listen, you, if you thought you knew Edward Malkin, uh, excuse me, Clark Big Man Malkin, uh, he didn't know Jack Squat, because he took everything that he usually is known for previously, he just threw it out the window. That textbook is calm. It's nowhere to be seen. He, he, was, he was healing it up. Had to do heal, and he just he had his crowd, he had his crowd, he had his hand. Eric Cannon almost almost put uh, Edward Malkin away. Excuse me, excuse me, main man Malkin away. Uh, but you know her, his valet Amy Rose. Uh, you know she just got on the bring one of the foot, you know the slayer stuff out there. You know say hey look at me, I'm distracting you. Uh, you know, textbook valet uh, 101 there. Uh, but what she didn't take account is to receive a strike, an unintentional strike from uh, Malkin there. Uh, she, you know, she she fell as one would usually do when you lose balance and get strike upon. But uh, Malkin had enough wherewithal to uh, roll up Eric Cannon with a handful of tights. Handful of tights. Get the one, two, three. And there you go, you have to rebrandish, refresh the Man Mountain, get his, get a big win in 2014. You're also forgetting he's on his, yeah, his undefeated world tour. Undefeated being right now 1 0? Oh? <laughs> no, he's 2 0 oh, actually. He, he, he started this tour two, uh, two Ronins ago. So, yeah, he's on his. Undefeated world tour, like we're supposed to ignore all his defeats from previous. You better watch out, man. Don't go talk about that drag, you know. <laughs> be, careful, be careful. He'll start, he'll start bringing back that text and start pulling on some nets here, man. <laughs> I think I might be dying by the end of this episode. He might just show up here and be like, You said what? <laughs> all right, now to go on to the mean, I will say this match of the night. Belongs to eight man tag match featuring Beth, aka BT Reed, and Mike Monroe, Donovan Dunhausen, and Everett Connors. Now, Everett Connors, I'm going to say, I give you a thumbs up. Because a man who comes out to Justin Bieber <laughs> is truly a despicable son of a gun. Am I right? I mean, you uh, come out to Justin Bieber, you just, you just, that, that 
if you no, I I have to challenge you on that. What? If someone comes out to Britney Spears, that's oh, come on. that that's already saying. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. I listen. I'm gonna favor Britney Spears over Justin Bieber any time, any day, twenty four seven, three sixty five. Uh, yeah, no, I I'll, I I would talk to Britney Spears. I do downright do for Justin Bieber. That's just some bad. Justin Bieber. <laughs> <laughs> do you like Justin Bieber? Um, no. Only Justin that I like is Timberlake. <laughs> uh, you in sync. <laughs> I mean, it is the first day of May. It's, <laughs> it's, it's gonna be. It's gonna be. May. There you go. Uh, uh, just, now he's baking these uh, for gentlemen. Will be Shane Strickland. Jason Cade, and half of the Lucha World Order, Mr. 450 and Jay Reba. Now, this, this, you would think that this would kind of be sort of messy, starting off with eight man, all in ring, starting all together, but it was, from the way the match unfolded, it was fun, it was high flying, it was everything that you wanted from a match featuring uh, Shane Strickland, Who's hasn't been featured on the underground? Uh, more from Mr. 450, Jason K, Jay Rios. I mean, you had people like literally just giving people diamond cups. Like it's like an eight-way cutter party. You know what? You know what an eight-way cutter party looks like? I don't want to know. <laughs> it's not. It's not a Tupperware party. It's 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 talk, It's like break. It's like uh. It's like basically kind of like the baby shower, but instead of getting a baby, you receive a cut, uh, cutter, aka RPO, aka diamond cutter, whatever way you want to see it. Uh, or, but I got listen. I got I go back to Trevor Reed. Uh, Reed, Eki Reed. I, I listen. My my heart go out to him. My heart go out to him because he received. I believe what was it? One, two, three Canadian destroyers. Uh, three Canadian destroyers, and you have Shane Strickland coming from the top, the top of the rope, to crush the poor fate of DC Reed. I mean, God bless you, TC. I mean, you know, I, 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 I just all I can say is just wear a neck brace next time because I think you definitely need it's going to hurt for sure. But also, you're going to have a lot of people talk about this. This, this. this match was definitely a match tonight, and I have to say it ended with what I would think is a sort of a half Nelson Kenny Omega driver, and it basically killed Donovan Downhausen, at least killed him for three seconds. And the winner of that match would be Shane Stritton, Mr. 450, Jason Kagan, and Jay Rios. So you have those gentlemen walking out the wind and, you know, grooving the night away to some sweet dulcet tones of, uh, now I'm blanking out already. I don't even know the, the, uh, the interview for uh, one chain circling. All right. I'm going to fast forward a little thing that's going on here. Uh, we had a good match between Aria Blake, Angel Rose, and Beta Scott. Having Beta Scott delivering a, a, leg, lock, a leg lock while also handing out a German suplex to uh, Aria Blake. We also had Martin Stone picking up a win over Gary J. I believe Gary J. is, uh, if I am not incorrect, I believe Gary J. is considered the, the hobo ginger. 
The what? Hobo ginger. Or the ginger hobo. I believe that is uh, his Twitter name. The, the, hold on. If, the, the, if, hold if, on. Gary, if Gary wants to call in, if you want to call in, what's the number, George? I'll, I'll get you that number right now. If Gary wants to... I, I, if I'm not mistaken, that is his nickname. I am not making it up. 714-868-0222. I'm sure by the time Gary calls, I'll be out of here. But, uh, <laughs> I'm getting out of here as fast as you can say, you know. The, what was it called again? The, get, the, the, the ginger hobo? The hobo? Ginger. G-hobo. Hobo. H-O-B-O. Hobo ginger. Opinion doesn't count. <laughs> All right, so if you ever would like to correct, correct me if I'm incorrect, you're more than welcome. What's that, what's that number again, George? 714 868 0222. 0222. So, Gary, call if, if, I, if I misrepresented you, I apologize. Uh, if I misnamed you the Hobo Ginger or the Ginger Hobo. <laughs> Still not sure which it is. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure I'm leaning towards the former hobo gingers. So we're accepting phone calls from hobos now. Yeah. And I guess hey, it's his nickname. Doesn't mean he's an actual hobo. He doesn't live. <laughs> he doesn't live on, in an actual cardboard box. George. Only ginger. He's, <laughs> are you? You're not ginger. No, no, no. I'm not. No, I'm not a ginger, George. <laughs> I am just a full-blooded Cuban American. <laughs> That's what I am. I am what I am. Uh, we, now the main event would have the main event capping off the night of fun and great action would be Alex Chamberlain taking on Caleb Conley for the Ronin Heavyweight Championship of the match. Now, if you haven't seen who Caleb who Caleb Conley is or what he does in the ring, this is a match for you guys to check out. Or if you want, there is this great uh, documentary. A 30-minute documentary on YouTube from the high spot that was called Caleb Conley versus Everybody. And check that video out. It's a very good in-depth look to Caleb Conley, what he's done on the independence, and especially when he was facing in his, what he considered his dream match against Jeff Hardy, I believe, in Tennessee. But he put on a hell of a match. Uh, he's a former FIT heavyweight champion. He also Actually, he's also the first Paragon Pro Wrestling Champion. Uh, and he was going up against not only the current Ronin Heavyweight Champion, but also the current Paragon Pro Wrestling Champion. So it's like, you have the first Paragon Pro Wrestling Champion going up the set against the second Paragon Pro Wrestling Champion. So you know, there's, there's a lot of history between these two. I mean, it didn't happen to Ronin, but it definitely happened off the map at Paragon. And these two, I mean, say what you say what you will about Alex Chamberlain if there's anything to say about him, but he he's a fantastic worker. I mean, he he honestly he excels best as York, and he's one of the best heels in Roman pro wrestling. And his work not only with his last match against Sunday Dutt, but with this one against Caleb Donnelly, it's I think it's the lowest fight of him as a big baddie in Roman pro wrestling. Uh, I mean, it ended with him getting ready to hit. Now we're going to talk about Bruce Owens again. Bruce <laughs> Owens, the legend Bruce Owens, uh, refereeing this title match. It, it started with 
Bruce Owens, uh, almost getting hit in the in the head, in the head. I wasn't sure that was even 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 allowed in Roman Pro Wrestling. And you know, to get ready to shoot, hit people in the head. And I see where it was like, oh wait, wait, I'm sorry, Bruce. Like, okay, I'm gonna you know, I'm gonna just hit the ref. I'm like, oh okay, I'll just hit the ref. But no, and then Dale Thomas pulls him, pulls the chair from him, inadvertently pushes Alex into Bruce. Bruce grabs Bruce, Alex grabs Bruce, but to the keen, eagle-eyed viewers who had watched the show, what Bruce did not see was Alex Chamberlain mule kicking, mule kicking Caleb Conley in the no-nos. Right for those notes. <laughs> I love right, it. Right, right below the basket. Do we, do we know what I'm talking about? Yeah, in his uh, fishing rod with his two weights. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I could get the picture on that one. So uh, basically, he just finished it off with, with the logo, and then, for the love of God, they, the, a match ended in the DDT. George, when's the last time a match ended in the DDT? I think the last time I ever seen a finish with a DDT was Jake the Snake Roberts. And kind of like to resemble Payback last night, that the fact that Alexa Bliss ended her match with DDT, Jake the Snake Roberts must be so happy right about now. I mean, listen, if, if the DDT becomes a pathway for champions of the future, why the hell not? I mean, Alex Chamberlain retained the title for the DDT. Well, I mean, he got a little blow before he lands the DDT, but hey, you got to do what you got to do to win. And Alexa Bliss landed a DDT after, you know, softening up the the, uh, the, the cabeza of yeah. the baby. <laughs> the softening up. <laughs> well, okay, you're going to take more context into what I just said. I don't know what you're thinking about, man. <laughs> uh, but overall, Rowan 14 was a great experience. I mean, they've been on great shows, and I can't wait for their show. Uh, their 15th show. Their 15th show. Uh, they've been around since 2014, and they're putting on their 15th show on June 10th. Uh, location has been, been uh, talked about, as far as I know. I, I assume it's going to be back at the Broward College South Campus Gymnasium, but you never know. Uh, but I'm looking forward to it, and there's really not much more to say. I mean, that that's basically been about it. I mean, this, you got all you you got all you wanted. You wanted, you know. You know, we took, you know, at the beginning we took a little bit of a downturn, got a little bit, a little bit serious, and then we got a little bit, a little bit hilarious at the time, talking about rolling, talking about people getting hit in the uh, low ba- basket, below the basket. I'm not sure how, how the language flies here, so I'm still roaming on here. Usually I would go off the cuff and encourage her because I'd be like uncensored, but I know better and I'm trying to restrain myself to please, at least clean as possible. Uh, but. I'm about to sign off. This has been Steve Mesa with the Indian Cut, and I'll catch you guys on the flip side. Bye. Okay, and I'm back here. Uh, another great edition of the Indie Cut that basically made me laugh so much I had to do a Facebook Live video. So, <laughs> so guys, you could catch that every week here on Mondays with Steve Mesa representing the Curtain Jerkers. What did you think of this week's uh, Indie Cut? I, I want to get this, what is it, Hobo Ginger? 
<laughs> Listen, if I find out that a hobo ginger is waiting for me in the front door next week, I just know it's because Steve Mason found, gave him the address. <laughs> so, Steve, I'm watching you. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, but before we cut off our, our show for today and go enjoy some Monday Night Raw, there's one topic that we have to touch on, Ixtina, and that is apparently the rumor of the next pay-per-view, WWE Great Balls of Fire. <laughs> apparently, it's supposed to replace Bad Blood. And I understand the purpose because it, there's trying to remain PG. Yes. But how is PG great balls of fire? I don't know. I don't know. I just keep the bad blood. You showed me the blood last time. Broken ring. Keep the bad blood going. The great balls of fire stuff is not working. But mm. we talked earlier. We're gonna have like a little. Oh yeah, we're gonna have a nice little meatball cookout. Uh, we're gonna have regular meatballs called your regular balls of fire, and then you're going to have Italian meatballs that we're going to be called Italian great balls of fire, and then we're going to have buffalo meatballs that we're going to call the hot balls of fire. And maybe a little fireball stuff as well. Keep with the fire. Uh, Steve, a uh, quick question. I know this is random, but uh, uh, will you be down for a meatball cookout? Meatball cookout? Yeah, for great balls of fire, man. That's in, I think, uh, next month, I believe. It's going to be the next Raw pay-per-view, I believe. You know what? I can't deny that I am a great lover of uh, meatballs. Uh, wait, that didn't sound right. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you're a fan of Great Balls of Fire. I like great, you know what? Uh, <laughs> I, I'll say this. I am not, uh, you know, as a uh, person who does not enjoy uh, song written by Jeremy Lewis, uh, more of his uh, intimate antics of, and you know, liking of, of, of the young children. Uh, but I'm surprised they didn't go with Bad Blood. I mean, I mean, what? What? They couldn't get the rights to uh, Tyler Swift's song? I mean, <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. Oh, I have no idea. The point is this I just cannot wait for the promos that these wrestlers are going to cut saying, I challenge you to great balls of fire. Huh? (laughs) (laughs) I just want to see who's going to break character first. Oh, my gosh. All right. No, but all jokes aside, I mean, if we're going to, like, look, PWGs are no no for the cooking it, right? We have Game Over Man. Uh, If you don't know who Game Over Man is, Bill Paxton, dedicated to Lake Kelp Paxton. Rest in peace. Uh, you had a uh, play like rock and play like the old men do rock and roll. I mean, you guys, at least WWE kind of has the balls <laughs> to name their pay-per-view great balls of fire. I mean, you know, you, you got. I'll say this: you got to give it to them because if if said did something like that, and you all the all these people from the interview like, oh my god, that's just genius. What, okay, if you have PWG say, all right, our next, our next event is going to be called Great Balls of Fire. George, what do you think? PWG is called, PWG presents Great Balls of Fire. Genius, right? 
Yeah, I would say genius because Pro, Pro Wrestling Gorilla has this uh, back story of always having the ridiculous names. So why can't WWE fall in that yeah. category? I, no, I, I, uh, I see what you're trying to do here. I, I see where you're going at. But you, like in my case, you cannot compare the PWG to the WWE. That's a mainstream to, yes, I, I get it. But here's the thing. Remember, WWE fans are different from PWG fans. So it's like, I'm pretty sure PWG fans will go ecstatic if there was a pay-per-view called Great Balls of Fire. Right. But then you go over to the WWE fan and you tell them, hey, guess what? What Our next pay-per-view is going to be called Great Balls of Fire. Guess what you're going to hear? You're going to hear crickets. You're going to be like, what the hell is that? I mean, perfect crossover. Now we get all the PWG fans. <laughs> I mean, that could be we got Kevin Steen, we got uh, Summer Rail Soul, we got, uh, wait. Nah, never mind. I thought, <laughs> I, I, I thought there was another person who, who kind of looked like Sammy Zayn at PWG, but I must be, I must be, nah, nah, probably not. <laughs> wait, is it? Well, remember, they deported El Generico. So, I mean, didn't, uh, didn't always reported the death of El Generico, I believe, some months ago? I died. thought he was deported. That deported. I mean, isn't that you know, sort of you know? <laughs> I am not going to touch that. I'm not going to finish that sentence. I would bid you adieu. <laughs> <laughs> Any, anywho, guys, uh, as now with that topic being closed, guys, make sure again we talked about this a little earlier. Make sure you purchase your tickets right now for the big event SWF Roll the Dice happening in Atlantic City, New Jersey. Xtina and I will be there interviewing you, the fans, and giving you a live free show. We have even live prizes uh, to win inside the ring. Uh, so, guys, make sure you purchase your tickets at www.swfpro.com. Today, they have some great packages to sell. Uh, like I said, Xtina's going to be there, but I'm worth the price of admission. So, yeah, I, I would understand. Don't give me that face. <laughs> Anywho, uh, no, I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm not. Uh, but I will tell you the entire card is worth the price of admission. Pentagon, Cerro Miedo, Alberto El Patron, uh, Meme Montenegro. Uh, I can never say his last name. <laughs> uh, he was a former NXT guy, okay? He, uh, the son of Dos Carlos Jr. Uh, he's going to be there. Jack Swagger is going to be there. TJ Marconi, Angel Rose, John Cruz. The list goes on and on. You cannot, you cannot miss an opportunity to purchase your tickets in advance. You, again, tickets will be on sale on www.swfpro.com. Next Monday, uh, as, oh, Steve, would you have some? Sorry, I had to take uh, the mic from it. Uh, just a little, a little, little update. Uh, I have a pal uh, that we will we uh, sometimes interview uh, Mike Kingston. You're familiar with Mike Kingston? Yes. Yes, he's a, he's a kindly gentleman who actually partaked, partook in a panel that I had at uh, Supercom Rachel. But before I go, I wanted to uh, give the old uh, pro wrestling uh, promoter machine going on. <laughs> Started up a little bit. But he has actually, up until we got 13 minutes until his Kickstarter campaign ends. 13 minutes to his Kickstarter campaign ends. 
and it's for Headlock the Hard Way. It's a graphic novel. It's the third, I believe, volume three or volume four to his Headlock series. And he is currently at, give me a second while I look up the number. He is at $30,370. $30,370. And the play goes up to $20,000. So he's, he's getting up there right now. He, we've already, there's already been a, a couple of goals that have been stretched. Some of the updates have been included. Actually, you mentioned, I believe you meant, mentioned Pentel Zero. Yeah. George. Yeah, Pentagon Sodomiano. Yeah. Yeah. He actually has a story that's going to be featured in Headlock the hard way. Nice. Not a coincidence. Yeah, a huge coincidence. Very coincidental. And, you know, with, uh, with him crossing over the $28,000 mark, there also is going to be a wicked cool Reservoir Dog uh, movie poster look, look-alike poster from head from Headlock that will be uh, part of the uh, part part of the package that you will be receiving if you were to contribute, contribute to uh either a digital copy or a physical copy. I mean, I'm old-fashioned. I prefer getting a digital copy of a, of a comic book. I don't know about you guys, but listen, i got to have that that fine print in my hands. I have to turn the pages. I have to feel the paper cuts. Feel the paper cuts. <laughs> you don't feel paper cuts when you do digital copy. Like, man, man, I just turn like that. But listen, I had to throw Mike Kingston out there. He's, he's a very small guy. I mean, we're, we're you know, both we're, we're big fans. And friends from the Curtain Jerker. So as you know, as one Curtain Jerker has to say, Mike Kingston, you're doing God's work, man. I mean, you wrestling comic books were nothing until you came along, and glad you're continuing and you're living the dream and working all working well with all these professional wrestlers. He's worked with Kenny. I mean, Kenny Omega. Mm-hmm. He has Kenny Omega contributing to Headlock. Cody yep. Rhodes, Rick Flair. Yep. Big time. Yep. Big, big lineup. I'm sorry. I, I feel like this is like my third goodbye. <laughs> I can't help it. Next week, next Monday, we'll be back on the air again at 6 p.m. I'll be back. Yep. So, and next week, we have none other than the Paragon heavyweight champion that you were speaking of, Alex Chamberlain, will be here next week uh, talking to us on Russell City Radio. Alex Chamberlain here started off as a tag team in the Red Devil Fight Club to now being one of the top singles competitors of the world. And on top of that, he has, man, there's so much to talk to him about with Alex. Guys, make sure you tune in next week here on Russell City Radio on Monday, 6 p.m. Extina, you have any last comments? Uh, watch Raw tonight. See what's going to happen. I bet there'll be no Roman Reigns. Yay! No. <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> hey, 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 hey. So, guys, oh, and mind you, make sure you also tune in next week for our new brand new intro on Russell City Radio. Am I in it? <laughs> You're not in it. Am I in the talking studio? <laughs> <laughs> so I don't think we're in 
Hey, hobo, get out of here. Anyway, guys. God, leave these people. God, we we gotta go. For everyone here on Russell City Radio, bro, I'm gonna kick his butt. I'll I'll see you later, folks. Good night. Hey, get back over here. Thank you all for joining us. Remember to come back next Monday at 6 p.m. right here on Block Talk Radio and get your dose of reality checks.